Welcome to Best of the West. My name is Jake Brown, and I'm here with my co-host, Kenji Ito. Kenji, how are you doing today? Uh, pretty good. How are you? I'm doing all right. A little tired because it is early in the morning. But uh, let's talk some football, shall we? Hey, Jake. I still hear music. Still hear music? Yeah. Um, there. Um, there so let's start off with the LA Rams. Uh, the Rams, they were fantastic on the pass rush uh, last weekend uh, against the Bucks. They limited Brady for the first half. Brady almost came back. And then they ended up surviving, picking that game-winning field goal third of the weekend. Uh, how do you think that the, not, or, uh, the Rams pass rush is going to play against the Niners uh, this weekend? Well, I, I personally think that um, the Rams pass rush is one of the most dominant in the league, as we can all agree. Um, and I think that's going to be a major effect on the 49ers is because you have two star studs like Vaughn Miller and uh, Aaron Donald. And I did say that Vaughn Miller is not as good as he used to be, which is like, I still believe that. But, you know, like he's going to play a major factor, you know. And I think that having a stronger left side for the 49ers offensive line and having a weaker right side is definitely going to affect them. Because, like, you know, Aaron Donald, he can, like, move all over the place, you know. He, you can put him at right end, left end, D-tackle. You can put him anywhere. And then you have either uh, Vaughn Miller and Leonard Floyd all rushing at Jimmy Garoppolo because that's what they usually do. It's going to be a pass rush heavy game for the Rams. Yeah, and um, also this past, you could say half season, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. has kind of proven that you know it wasn't his fault in Cleveland. Some may say. Uh, do you think that um, Odell Beckham is going to be? Do you think he still has it, or if so, what is he worth uh, coming into free agency? If even if the Rams win or lose? Um, yeah, I I truly think he uh, still has anything. You know. He is a very talented player. His route running is very clean. He has amazing hands. Like he literally made the one hand, one hand catch, like literally famous uh, because of that one spectacular play against the Cowboys uh, some time ago. And uh, I think that I can agree that um, it was like Baker Mayfield's fault for not like giving him the ball, everything, and not giving it to him accurately. Like you know, Matthew Stafford is the is the best quarterback he's played with since Eli Manning, and that was like five plus years ago, right? And uh, how, like, how much do I think he's worth? I wouldn't overpay him because I think he's gonna get the money to the head. But um, I think like he's around like maybe ten to fifteen million dollars. You know? Ten to fifteen million yeah. over a couple of years or over a year? Uh, oh, you know, over like. 10 to 15 million dollars each year for a couple of years. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll pay him Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> I would prefer not Bitcoin, <laughs> just straight up cash. But he, <laughs> what what he wants, he wants, you know. And, yeah. Uh, he's a likable player, even though he can be cocky. But other than that, I think he's a disadvantage. Some may disagree about being about Odell Beckham being a 
likable player. Mm -hmm. So uh, now we'll move on to our next team, which is the San Francisco 49ers. And what a shocking and surprising game uh, that occurred on Saturday, because that game happened on Saturday. Yeah, so, shout out to uh, our friend uh, Jeffrey Hinkle, the Packers fan, mm -hmm. resident Packers fan, and he uh, was really enjoying himself at the end of the game. Yeah, I, I, I felt really bad for him. But Same, especially the, since Austin was like being kind of a jerk to him. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I can I can agree. But Green Bay collapsed and is now 0-4 in the playoffs against the Niners with Rodgers. Like, our main talk – our main focus is on the 49ers. So, like, how should San Fran prepare against a very good LA team? Well, I think um, I think same thing with the Rams is that defense needs to be priority number one. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure that Sam or uh, excuse me, I almost said Sam Darnold. Uh, Matt Stafford is pressured because he did not get pressured very much against the Bucks. And the one time he did get pressured, he threw the uh, path, the game-winning pass to Cooper Cup. So I think you have to find a good balance in between there to make sure that uh, to make sure you're keeping Stafford on his toes and make sure that you can limit the passes to Cooper Cup, making sure you have good coverage. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Like if you just let him like stand back there all day you know he's going to shred up that defense it's like he literally carried that Detroit team for like so many years I think um and like I feel like that really Matthew Stafford like we can consider him like like I'm not like top like top 10 you know like I really had to think about that for a second top 10 right now like top 10 right now you know because like her career destroyed in Detroit comes to LA is in the NFC championship. Like not many players like can do that. Mm -hmm. um, so now we'll move on to our next 49er topic. And um, we read like yesterday or a couple days ago that uh, Nina Kimes um, and Jeff Garcia, they had a little argument and uh, I'm gonna paraphrase here, but Kimes said that Jimmy Garoppolo, like Jimmy Garoppolo is a student that contributes the least but gets all the credit and Jeff Garcia kind of like, like takes a hard stance on her. Like, what, what do you think? Like, what do you think about this whole situation? Well, the thing, the thing that Jeff Garcia said was you have no right to talk because you've never played football in your life. And I think here's what I think about that. One, I think Jeff Garcia is an idiot. Um, and anybody who is on his side uh, doesn't really understand the kind of uh, microaggressions that women in journalism face on a day-to-day -day basis, especially in uh, sports journalism. Uh, and second off, um, I don't need to be a fantastic cook to understand if a meal is bad or not. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, if that's a like, like if you make me some, if you like cooked me an original recipe and it smelled like crap it looked like crap and it tastes like crap it's probably crap mm -hmm. and that's what you know the observation basically was with jimmy garoppolo and you can be a 49ers fan and still think that your qb is not that great that he doesn't push you over the edge like someone like kyler murray 
Russell Wilson or um, Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford does in their own division. Mm, and like the final saying I'll say about this is that like, I think you get all the points, you know? And Nina Kimes, she's like one of the, like she's one of the most likable, smartest, and like, she, she makes you like interested in the topic because like she hits all the points, right? And I think she's totally correct. You know, Jimmy G has always, always been the guy, you know? He just says, hey, I'm gonna hand this off. I'm gonna dump it off to you. And you try to do all the work. Do I think he's not talented though? No. No, I think he is talented. If he wasn't talented, he wouldn't be in the league. He wouldn't yeah, have a starting position mm-hmm. in, for an NFL team that's in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. I just don't think that he's the guy who pushes you over the edge. And that's what Mina Kimes basically said. Yeah. And there's nothing about Jimmy G that like, you know, like amazes me, you know, like no, you know, he's, he's not going to be running for a first down. You know, he's not going to be chucking the ball like 50 yards in the air. You know, you're not going to get those types of plays from him. You're going to get a handoff or like maybe five to 10 yards, maybe even 20 to like George Kittle or Debo Samuel. Or Brandon IU, but like other than that, there's nothing much. All right, and let's move on from the playoff teams and go to a team that was in the playoffs and lost. Uh, Adrian Wilson of a former Cardinal uh, player safety uh, was promoted to GM of the Jaguars. He was recently he, he was previously the vice president of scouting for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so how does this affect the Cardinals uh, uh, scouting-wise? Uh, what do you think, Kendry? So, like, personally, like, I think this affects them, like, deeply, you know? Because Adrian Wilson, he was a great safety for that team. Like, I remember him, like, he wasn't a – I don't remember him being a ball hog, but I remember him, like, being a hard hitter, and he, he knows how to, like, stop stop plays and anything like which defense does and him moving on to the GM for the Jaguars I'm happy for him but at the same time this move is going to like totally affect the Cardinals is because like he really saw players that are coming out of the draft that he saw that were special you know because I think like without him like and I know there's like a whole whole bunch more like processes and everything but I don't think the Cardinals would have got Isaiah Simmons you know I think Adrian Wilson and his like look and his staff and the rest of the staff said you know what this Isaiah Simmons kid you know coming out of Clemson he's going to be really good and I think we should prioritize him in the first round yeah and not just you know Isaiah Simmons like you look at all the young guys on that Cardinals defense and you're like wow like we were even talking earlier this season, like the Cardinals should be taken seriously as a defensive team. And like, and I think he hit the nail on the head. It could, it, we don't know, obviously we're just fans, but like Adrian Wilson could have been a great uh, catalyst for that. Yeah. Like I think that defense, like we discussed in previous episodes that like, you know, it's, this Cardinals defense is young and scary, you know? Like, who would have knew that Buda Baker and Byron Murphy out of Washington, you know, would have been, like, a great player because, like, they were kind of, like, 
like under the under the radar, you know, because that's why they were drafted in like second, third round. But Adrian Wilson and his team, they really saw something special in these players. <clears throat> My bad. They really saw something special and they're like, okay, we're gonna draft these people, make them great. And now uh, we're going to talk more on the coaching side of the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals coaches were not paid their playoff bonuses, despite, of course, making the playoffs. How do you think that affects the coaches now and what the coaches want to pursue in the future? Because there are calls from Cardinals fans to get rid of Cliff Kingsbury, as um, we talked about last week. Yeah, uh, I do remember that, and that was like a heavy subject. But with this, like, I don't really know how to feel about this because I'm not really, you know, I we really can't say much is because we're not really there, you know. No, we're not. We're just observing. Yeah, we're just observing. But how does this affect the Cardinals in the now and in the future? Now, I think like that, like coaches are like, oh, this is kind of, you know, this is kind of. Like confuzzling everything, like confusing why I agreed to this deal and like I'm not getting paid for it, you know. So that might pursue like coaches to leave or like to leave or just completely say, you know what, by Cardinals, I'm going to another team, which is basically the same thing. How they might, how this might affect in the future is that pretend they want like a really good coach and everything for like for OC, DC, or any of those, right? He said, well, we don't get played our, paid our playoff bonuses, and this is a high playoff team. You know, I'm not coming here because I want to get paid. You know, so exactly. Yeah, money, like money in the NFL, NBA, NLB, they're all a huge factor. No matter what. Yeah, and I think that the thing is like when you sign these contracts and you agree, mutually agreed to have a bonus if you make the playoffs, and you're not paid that bonus. I think it's like, well, then what the hell did I do? Like, yeah, it's like kind of like you got robbed of like you got robbed like your bank and you just got robbed. You know? Exactly, like you got robbed of something that you you think that you were entitled to because one, you made the playoffs, and two, it was in your contract. Yeah, exactly. So now we will move to our final NFC West team, uh, the Seattle Seahawks. So they have one main topic, and this is like one of the biggest topics of all, or like for Seattle news wise. So, like, free agency period is coming up and everything, and they have $15 million in cap space. And some free agents, the name is Dwayne Brown, Wandry Diggs, uh, Gerald Everett, Brandon Shell, Ethan Poachers, Rashad Penny, Sidney Jones, Ryan Neal, Rashin Green, DJ Reed, and Al Woods, you know. So, and Pete Carroll did say that they're going to prioritize their own free agents. Like, what's your, like, like, you know, what's your opinion about this? Like, because I'm finding this, like, kind of, like, strange. You know? Well, I think that most of these players are going to be re-signed. I think Rashad Penny and Quandre Diggs are going to be the priority. Uh, Ryan Neal and DJ Reed are two uh secondary pieces that really improved this year, especially DJ Reed. Um, but the rest of these guys, like Brandon Shell and Ethan Pochich, uh, like they can be 
like I only see them as depth pieces. I don't see them as like coming back because that offensive line is terrible mm -hmm. and still is terrible. It's been terrible for Russell Years. Wilson's entire career. Yeah. Uh, and I think that Seattle should prioritize. I know this wasn't really a question, but I do want Seattle to prioritize uh, the offensive line. That's what they should have been prioritizing the past however many years. And maybe some depth at cornerback if guys like uh, DJ Reed, Sidney Jones just decide to move on. Mm -hmm. So, like, what I have to say about this is these are the players. Like, if I'm the, if I'm the Seahawks right now and I'm thinking about this, these are the players I signed out of this list. Quandre Diggs, yeah. Joel Everett, Rashad Penning, Sidney Jones, DJ Reed. Five players. And there's 10 on here. Like mm -hmm. we counted yesterday, right? Those are the key players that will lead them to success. You know, Dwayne Brown, he's old and he can't block, you know. Not anymore. But yeah. But like uh, but like the players I didn't mention, you know, they're not really gonna get the job done. You know, so like maybe you focus on getting young, younger players in the draft or maybe going into the free agency market saying, oh, who's available that we can pay, you know, we can pay not high market value, but middle, middle value and get the same performance as a high value. You know, they have $50 million in cap space. Like how much do you need to pay these guys? Mm -hmm. Like we know they're human, we know they want money, but like in reality, how much of that cap space will be spent on their own free agents? Yeah, I know. I think the majority will be spent on their own players. So I don't think it'll only be spent on their own players. Yeah, exactly. And I like another thing is that they need, like Bobby Wagner, like we said in previous episodes, that he's getting up in age and he is either done with Seattle or he's going to retire very soon. You know? So, but you know he can't just do it himself, and they need another leader other than Wilson, Wagner, um, and those are the only two leaders that. I can well, that's why signing, re-signing Quandre Diggs would be so important. Mm -hmm. And not only that, um, how much Jordan Brooks stepped up this season. He set the franchise single-season solo tackles record, mm -hmm. which was broke which he broke Bobby Wagner's record that he set this year because Bobby yeah. Wagner was doing everything himself. Yeah basically and I think like Quandre Diggs really like adds to that secondary. He's like he's the reason why the secondary is functioning as it is, you know. Mm -hmm. Because without him, I, I don't I don't I don't see much, you know. Yeah, because I think I believe it's uh Bobby Wagner who's a signal caller on the field. Yeah, yeah. So if Bobby Wagner goes, I think Quandre Diggs, if he gets resigned, is going to become that signal caller. Mm -hmm. He's going to have that C on his jersey. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, let's move on to our score projections. We only have one score to project for this week, uh, as the 49ers and Rams will face each other in the NFC Championship game. I believe this is the first. Correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first divisional matchup, NFC West divisional matchup in a championship game uh, since 2013 when the 49ers and Seahawks faced each other. Yeah. And that was an incredible game. That game was... Game down to the wire. Yep. 
I'm the best corner in the game. Uh, so I'll go first for my score projection. Uh, I say this is going to be a 20 to 17 win for the 49ers. I think um, I think they're going to be the team that's going to be pressuring Matthew Stafford a lot this this game, uh, this upcoming game tomorrow. And Debo Samuel is just going to do whatever he can to get down the field. And they have a really good rushing attack with Elijah Mitchell. Um, and who knows? You could see Brennan Ayuk cooking Jalen Ramsey for all we know. Yeah, so. um, yeah, that, that is pretty possible. But I think um, I do think that Debo and Ramsey will follow each other personally. But mm-hmm. my score prediction is thirty to twenty-seven Rams. I might be a little biased, but I have some reasons. Um, so Cam Akers, you know, even though he is out for most of the year, and people like look at him and say, you know, he's He's decent, you know, he's not great. But I think he'll have another impressive game and that he really opens the Rams offense, you know, as well as Robert Woods, but we can't say much about Robert Woods because he's injured. Uh, the Rams defense is going to perform more than the 49ers will personally. Um, Jalen Ramsey, which I just said, he's going to follow Debo everywhere he goes. Um, the pass rush is going to get to Jimmy G. And um, Elijah Mitchell will have a good game, you know, but you know, it's it can't only be one person. And um, Matthew Stafford looks great overall, even though he wasn't at the end of the regular season. And uh, he just proved it through through the Bucks and the Cardinals game in the playoffs. You know, like it's kind of like we're watching beginning of the season Matthew Stafford again for for some apparent reason. You know, like I'm really impressed of what his performance is. You know, I am too. I'm glad that he's performing well. I just don't know if um, I think Jimmy G is going to get credit for a win he doesn't deserve. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if he gives the ball more to George Kittle, maybe George maybe. Kittle might get the credit. I don't know. Maybe. But now let's move on as we have about five or so minutes left of the NFC awards. We promised we would do this last week. So here are my awards for MVP of the NFC West. These are all NFC West, by the way. Uh, I got Cooper Cup, Offensive Player of the Year. is also Cooper Cup. Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald. Comeback Player is Nick Bosa. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year is Ernest Jones. And Head Coach of the Year is Kyle Shanahan with our breakout player, finally, Cooper Cup. Yeah, and so uh, now I'll say my words and also what people on Twitter, our fans, said. Uh, so for me personally, I have uh, Cooper Cup winning the MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. I have Nick Bosa both winning Defensive Player of the Year and Comeback Player of the Year. Offensive Rookie of the Year, like Jake, I will say Elijah Mitchell. Defensive Rookie of the Year, I will say Ernest Jones. Head Coach, um, Sean McVay. And Breakup Player of the Year is going to be Debo Samuel. While our fans said, um, Cooper Cup and Cooper Cup and Cooper Cup for MVP and Oh Boy. Um, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Aaron Donald, because he's a menace. Uh, Comeback Player of the Year, Nick Bosa. Offensive Rookie, Elijah Mitchell. Defensive Rookie, Zayvon Collins. Head Coach, Kyle Shanahan. And Breakout Player of the Year, Debo Samuel. So we all have very, very similar. It was all very similar. I was kind of surprised about the Zayvon Collins pick from our uh, fans. 
Yeah. But everything else I don't disagree with. Yeah. Like because uh, most of these were similar very similar to my picks. So mm -hmm. yeah. And you know, uh also with this draft class for uh, the this past draft class with the NFC West, no, it, it wasn't very high defensive, you know. No, it a wasn't couple, a couple guys that like got drafted, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I think if Trey Brown played the entire year, he would have been more in the running. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Yeah. So uh, finally, since we have a little bit of time, we have a fan-submitted question. I asked fans on Instagram to submit their uh, to submit their questions, and we might talk about them if we had time. Uh, so from Blue Man 3137 asked, four teams left in the playoffs. If it ain't the Chiefs winning it all, then who is it? So, of course, uh, we are an NFC West podcast, but it doesn't mean we don't watch other teams, of course. Mm -hmm. So if it's the Chiefs, is it the Bengals, Niners, or Rams, Kenji? Um, personally, I think it's I think it's the Rams, you know, mm -hmm. because I, I like everything they did. It's not because of the pocket our show now we're doing, but um, I really think it's the Rams because I think the Rams are going to win over the Niners. And I think the Chiefs are going to beat the Bengals, but it's going to be a shootout. So okay. That's my take. So I want chaos and want the Bengals to beat the Chiefs and the Niners to beat the Rams uh, just because I feel like they're teams of destiny right now. But I think whoever wins it in the AFC, whether it's the Bengals or Chiefs, is going to win it all. So if it isn't the Chiefs, it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. That is my opinion. Uh, we still have a couple minutes left. Uh, so next week, uh, we will be going over our um, – we'll be talking about the Pro Bowl because uh, that's next week. Yeah. Uh, we'll be – mentioning um a possible coaching hire of the seattle seahawks if they ever get it done mm -hmm. and uh so yeah that's what's on tap for next week uh so thank you all for listening to best of the west i am jake brown here with kenji ito and we will see y'all next week same time same place blaze radio online blaze radio online.com.